Welcome to another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. Joe, how you doing today? Sean, 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 how you doing, brother? Doing pretty well, man. Just had a long day of work. I got my day off tomorrow. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you got some lyrics for us? I do. And they are as follows. Quote, you grew up riding the subways, running with people. Up in Harlem, down on Broadway. You're no tramp, but you're no lady. Talking that street talk. You're the heart and soul of New York City. End quote. All right. So that's uh, Native New Yorker by Frankie Valley. Um, he was also yes, in the four, the four Seasons, but I think this version is actually just Frankie Valley. I could be wrong. Uh, but it's from an album called Lady Put the Light Out from 1977. And Joe, um, I'm pretty sure I know why you chose these lyrics. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we did something. We went to New York City. What did we do? Well, you and I uh, did something we've been talking about for a while. We just uh, decided to, hey, let's let's stop talking and start doing. So uh, we were talking one on the phone, and I said, you know, I'll go to a ball game or something with you. I'll go to a Yankee game because I've never been to Yankee Stadium. And within about three minutes, you had, like, texted me this, like, like t- ticket stub and, like, well, how about this day and this date? I'm like, oh, well, well, okay, 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 man. So uh, I just looked at it, and uh, we, we, got the, we got the tickets. We're on the first base, behind our first base dugout, a little bit further down the line. But right on, it was beautiful. The best seats I've ever had, I think, at a ball game um, at Yankee Stadium. For a reasonable price. I mean, it's, it's nothing at Yankee Stadium is is, is cheap. Yeah, we're, but... we're 12 rows from the field, man. We had a we pretty good season. Yeah. yeah, so I, I saw that, and I said, okay, let, let, let's let let's go ahead and, and go. And it was last Tuesday. And as we're just driving in, um, I mean, that day, that afternoon in the shower, before I drove up to your place to meet you to head on up to, to the Bronx, um, I just had these New York songs in my mind. You know, you're in the shower and you're whatever's on your mind. You know, you know, and I, you know, I'm washing up and I'm just, I'm singing that one. I'm singing, uh, I'm singing Ace Fairley's back, uh, uh, back in a New York groove and this and that. Uh, and I just had to come up with one. There was uh, a couple others that I was thinking of New York songs. Yeah. I mean, New York songs, but there was one that stuck in my head and it's just, it was just, I guess it was just that particular rhythm. It's a song that, you know, I, as a, as a young kid would have never really picked up on the disco thing, but I have a sister who's eight year, eight years older than I am. So when I'm, if I'm 11, you know what I mean? She's 19, she's going around and in 12, 12, she's 20. And she and my now brother-in-law were dating at the time and they were going, they would get up these dressed up. They would get all dressed up and go out to these places. And I never knew they would just say they were going out dancing and I never knew anything about it. 11, 12. I'm like, you know, and I just getting in the rock and roll and, and I come from a time, uh, where, where you know, I, I hung out with a lot of guys growing up. They're like knuckle draggers and, you know, disco's ridiculous rock and rolls where it's at, whoa, whoa, you know, but as you grow up and you start to learn things, you start, you start to go out to these clubs and you start to see all the pretty girls that, that are out there moving on the floor and all then. Then Michael Jackson started kicking off his stuff, and I started to like some of the the disco music because I like I told you before I like a, a little bit of everything. Uh, long story short, um, I remember this song 
uh, you know, native New Yorker. And it was just a really cool song. And they mixed it in. They, they classify it as disco. I'm not really sure if it is, but it was during that era. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. I'm telling you, you could just, I mean, I just saw something last night on the Beach Boys. The beat, they were doing a, tri- a tribute to the Beach Boys on TV. They could do the same. They've done the same for Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. I mean, these are groups that have, you, you go on and you see this song and then that song and then that song. Oh, they did that one too. Oh no, that was them too. And that one you think, Oh my God. So Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons were absolutely tremendous. You'll be hearing from me again, but this was a New York thing. And as, as we're driving through the city, it's getting louder in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, heart and soul of New York City. But so for that reason, but for also for that line I just sang there, you're the heart and soul of New York City. Now, the song is about a woman that's a native New Yorker, a pretty girl strutting down the street. That's fine. Uh, and as you feel the pulse of the city, I'm feeling that song. But the heart and soul of New York City, to me, had a dual meaning. The New York Yankees. I mean, if you if you take a sports franchise, a sports franchise, and and just say this this particular franchise is going to be moved out of this city. The last place that you would the last franchise you would think of would be the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, more than the Knicks, more than the Giants, more than the Rangers or anybody else. The New York Yankees are baseball, they're Americana, they're history, and they are the heart and soul of New York City. So that's where I got all that, <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah, man. Um, we had a good time for sure. Uh, it was, it was fun. You know, we drove in, uh, I drove and, um, you were a good passenger, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, we never hung out, uh, outside work. Right. And, you know, sometimes you hang out with people outside work. They're a little bit different, right? right. And, you have, and you're in your close quarters in a car. It's like, okay, how's this person going to behave? Are they going to be respectful? Are they going to be annoying? Right. I thought I thought you were pretty good in the car, man. Like you weren't really, um, you know, you didn't have too many demands. You know what I mean? You were like the one thing you said was well, I had the air conditioner too high. You're like, man, can you just turn that down a little bit. But you wouldn't you didn't complain about it. You were just like, I'll oh, turn that off. Like you asked me politely. Um, you know, we listened to music. We had a good conversation. I thought it was a good bonding, especially for the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it was cool, man, because we were going to take the train. We we're going to take the train and take the subway. But we're thinking, you know. We'll go to New York City another day and like hang out in the city. This is a Yankee game and like getting out of Yankee Stadium after the game, you know, that we wouldn't have been home till like two in the morning, like one or two in the morning. We we were home. I was home by eleven thirty. Then, you know, you were home by like midnight. So we made good timing. And um, you know, it was fun, man. We uh we went to this cool restaurant. I think it was called Court Delian Restaurant. It was kind of like a little diner. Yeah. Uh we got cheeseburgers there. Cheeseburgers were delicious. I'll let you talk a little bit about it because you're better at describing food than I am. But one thing I wanted to see that was on my bucket list because I've been to Yankee Stadium before. There's a bar right outside Yankee Stadium called the Dugout, and they have a Taco Bell window inside the bar. Like you could literally be just drinking in the bar, hanging out, and you go up to a Taco Bell win- window at random and just order like food and then bring it right to the window inside the bar. Um, so that was cool. We stum- we we weren't like going that we weren't going there specifically, you know, for that. We just we were looking for a place to eat, and then we went inside there. We're like, okay, and then th- that was the place at the Taco Bell, so it worked out. Then some nice gentleman, you know, told us some recommendations for food. He said there's a diner, so we're like, all right, let's go there. Um, and Joe, I want you know, you could talk a little bit about your experience there. What did you think about the diner, the location, the, our our waitress, the the quality of the food, everything? <laughs> 
I think you're going to get that involved. Um, <laughs> I, I walked into the place and I did not care for, I mean, the bar, there was a Taco Bell in that bar and I thought, okay, that's cool. And in my twenties and maybe my half of my thirties, I could have appreciated a place like that where I could go out drinking one night and then eat like, but I don't do it that way anymore. I can't cause a heartburn and all that kind of stuff. So that didn't give me, it was neat to see a little Taco Bell window, but I digress. I'm going to get back to the court deli. We walked up to the court deli via the, um, the advice of the nice gentleman that saw us looking around. And, uh, he sent us up there and I'm going to tell you, uh, it's, it's just such a cool feel. And I, listen, you know, I'm saying, I, you know, me and you know, I've been in the Latin community before and it's not all Latino up there, but there's a pretty good, darn good dose of, of Latin, uh, influence up there. And the place we walked into, I said 90% of the help was Latino. Uh, and, uh, our waitress was so naturally. I was just that, uh, you know, I, I, I was just, um, being nice to her and, and, and letting her know we enjoyed her company. And I think vice versa, we're just a little, just a little friendly banter back and forth. The food was fantastic. Um, I had, I had a bacon cheeseburger and I'm going to tell you, I wasn't sure what I'd be getting, but I didn't really care. I was like, well, as long as I get some food in my belly right now, because that's the first priority. Uh, you know, we're going to go watching a ball game and I may not, you know, I don't know if whatever. Uh, but the food was, it was really, the burgers were tantamount to five guys burgers and they are not shabby. They're some of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, it really, really, just really, really good, good size, good consistency. The fries, I'm not a, I didn't think I was a steak fry guy until then. I was like, damn, I forgot how good these things are when they're not overdone. See, I don't like eating sticks, but these were nice and soft and they were good. They were, they were good. Uh, they were fantastic. You're over there doing food reviews and everything else. And I'm just, I'm just eating, you know, I'm just eating. I'm listening to you going, yeah, I'm over here and I'm, I'm listening. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm eating. Um, and then I start pulling a couple fries off your plate. Um, and then I, I was I wanted something sweet to top it off, and so I had a chunk of of cheesecake. Tell the story I, though, like so, so, <laughs> you wanted dessert, and then she was explaining that like she didn't have regular cheesecake, so like you were quick, like you there was literally not even a millisecond. Yeah. She said that strawberry cheesecake. What do you say? Well, it, it, I, I said to her, "Look, what, what, what are your desserts at this? Just, we have chocolate mousse, we have this," and I said, uh, you know, we, it's just, and she says, "We have uh, we have fruit cheesecake." And I was like, what do we, and she goes, but let me check. Let me go check to make sure everything's fresh and this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue where they're there. Go ahead, do what you got to do. When she comes back and she says, okay, this and that. I said, listen, do you have anything like vanilla cake? Just something bland. Not bland, but just something like vanilla cake. I have, how about plain cheesecake? And she goes, I don't have plain cheesecake. I have strawberry cheesecake. I said, good. Bring me one. I'll knock the strawberry off it and <laughs> make it a plain. So I, that's exactly what I did. Um, and I just, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was just, it was half the size. It was big. It was half the size of a car battery. And I'm thinking because with cheesecake, if it's dense, you don't need much. But as it turns out, this wasn't sometimes it's, Sometimes it's like, it's like moose. It's so damn fluffy and light. This was somewhere in between. It was really good. So the chunk that I got was pretty, was just, just about hit the spot. Uh, and it was good. And, uh, and, uh, uh, we enjoyed, uh, that young lady's company and we we're joking hey, around about, with her. What about like, um, we went to pay the check, right? <laughs> well, she, uh, she, she, she compliment, like you, you know, you tipped her and everything, but she's like, I'll just, I'll knock the cheesecake off. Like she, she gave me the cheesecake for free. That was pretty cool. That is, um, as I went up to, to, 
to pay the bill and this and that. And, and see, listen, that's not an easy way to make a living. So I always, I mean, unless you bring me, you know, unless you bring me something that's absolutely deplorable or, or I have to wait an hour. And if you're within, re- and she was, everything was good. Everything was actually better than expected. So um, I always go 25%. Now, that's what I got. I got one quarter of the bill, 25%. These people, a lot of these people, they don't make. Um, so that's basically what I did for her. But I wanted to go up and, and make sure, you know, I wanted to I wanted to expedite the process. And sh- she was wonderful, but she was just a little chatty with another waitress up there and this and that. And were other people in a restaurant. I wanted to get out of there then because I wanted us to go get our, you know, our seats. So I kind of expedited the process and I went up to the register and just started talking with a little bit. I said, here, let's do this here and, and so forth and so on. And she goes, oh, I just want to let you know I gave you a cheesecake for free. I'm like, well, thank you, baby girl. I said, I, I appreciate that. This and that. And we're back and forth. This is just, just, you know, really nice. I mean, look, I, it's, you know, I, uh, just to be friendly, just to be friendly and nice. And also, um, it was just, it was just really cool. Um, just conversing again with, uh, <laughs> with certain, really yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and being in, in that, you know, in that, in an environment, um, you know, I, I just, it was fun. That's all. But, uh, yeah, to the ball game. Yeah, so um, <laughs> what, was your first, what was your very first impression of, of the Yankee Stadium? Like, outside, inside? Like, what, what, what were you thinking when you, like, all right, just, when you got to the seat, like, what was your first thought? Were you like, damn, this is cool? Or what was, you, what was going through your mind? Well, before that, let's back it up. Because as we're strutting down 161st Street and we're bobbing cars and everything, you know, I felt like uh, Dustin Hoffman in the, in the, hey, we're walking over here, you know. We're, we're walking and we're, we're having fun. We're walking down 161st. And all of a sudden, you walk and you, you get, you know, you get to a block and you look up and there it is. It's like so different from anything I was used to in Philly here with that stadium and so forth. And so you're, usually you walk drive in and you could there's a big parking lot the parking lot's like a, a half mile a quarter mile away from the and you see the but this is it's but i guess it makes sense it's it's yankee state it was built many 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 decades ago and it's right it's right in the, it's like you're walking a couple of blocks and it's like right there but that's why uh you showed me this there's a there are a bunch of series of small parking lots, just you know, a block here, another couple blocks here, then a couple blocks. You go this way, there, but there's a bunch of series of small parking lots where you park. There isn't this big parking lot for Yankee Stadium, unlike you know some things I'm used to. So that in and of itself is like, wow, this is this is plopped right here, right here in the Bronx, right in you know in town here. So that's cool. When I walked through the doors, I looked up and I just saw this this array of these um, banners on the wall on the left hand side of all the old players going down. You know, Mickey Mantle and DiMaggio and, and Garrick and Ruth and all the all the way down. Uh, that was pretty neat. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know the Monument Park you're talking about, or whatever that is. There's just the the array. You remember we walked in and you looked to the left that array of banners. It was pretty cool. And then we just walked to. Uh, our seats and i this is the first ballpark i've been in pro ballpark i've been in other than uh in philly and it was just so cool to be in that place with all that history and i looked out and saw the big scoreboard and 
uh, I, Judge, you know, Aaron Judge was one of the first players I saw. He was like out there alone in right field, like shallow right field, just jogging a little bit. <laughs> like there, there's my dude. I mean, I'm a Phillies fan, but there's Judge right there. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was. I was glad I made the trip from that. From that, even walking up to the place, it was like, yeah, I'm glad. You know, it's good. It's just cool to do something different. But that it, it was really neat. It was really neat. And we almost messed around and caught about three or four foul balls. We were right, and I mean, it was they were buzzing around us. It just didn't, you know, when it, when you're in a stadium like that, it's got to come right almost to your row or the one right in front, right in front of you or right behind you so you could reach it. So, um, but we were close, but that wasn't, that wasn't why we went. Um, and ironically the Phillies were playing. I mean, you know, for me, that's, I, I would have gone with you that night to a Yankee game just to go to a Yankee game, regardless of who the hell was playing. They could have been playing the Oakland A's or Detroit Tigers or the Brewers. I don't give a damn. Um, I wanted to see the Yankees, uh, in Yankee stadium, and I did. And the bonus was I got to see them play my team. Well, unfortunately, it's not off to a good start, but they won that day. So, you know, that was cool, too. So a couple home runs. Yeah. Yeah. A couple home runs. And uh, so some- like um, just to, you know, quickly gloss over what your know, whole experience. Um, what about the what about the, the fans around you? How do you think they were respectful? Was it mixed? Because we saw a couple of verbal fights between Yankee fans, and then we saw verbal fights between Phillies and Yankee fans, and then we the crescendo was we saw a, a real fight right in our section, like a couple you know seats away from us, and I saw this guy's feet up in the air, like the guy like did like a wrestling move and lifted him up in the air high enough to where I saw his feet in the air, like a yeah, I did too. So was that cool? Was that part of the whole experience? Were you happy that there was kind of like some you know some energy and some fighting going on? Was that cool for you, or did that kind of hurt your experience? Neither. I didn't hurt my experience, but it certainly didn't enhance it. I thought the guy that did that, both of those guys were just, you know, man, I, I, I think there's a limit. And even I can even remember, and I've calmed down a lot. I used to be pretty nuts too when, when it came to like other teams and other teams, that kind of a thing. But I would never, I, you know, I would never really hook it with some, I, I would, I mean, I, I, I thought, I thought that guy they pulled out of there was a little, he was a, well, I'm not going to use any terms I shouldn't, but let me, let me just back up a second. We were sitting, we were sitting, uh, right in back of a young lady and her boyfriend, husband, whatever it was. And they were obviously Yankee fans. And there was some jokers behind us that, uh, were, I guess, New York fans and they were chirping and no, no one chirped at me. Um, I was speaking to the young lady in front of me, uh, that guy's wife or girlfriend or whoever it was. And, um, she turned to me because the guys behind us were like, they were chirping. They weren't really insulting me personally, but they were chirping this and that. And she even turned to like, look back at them. And then she looked at me like we were looking at each other, like, I don't know. And she said something to me and I said something to her. And I, I said, well, I don't even care anyway, because I'm a Philly fan. And, she her eyes got a little bit bigger and she's looking up i said but you know what this is the kind of stuff that these jokers are doing here these are the kind this is the kind of stuff that we get blamed for and she goes uh something or other yeah i know and this is blah 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 so at least i we were you know i was conversing with someone who was a yankees fan that were you know they were we were both she and i both were noticing that you know yeah and i said you know what the truth is 
you know what the truth is, dear? You get these you get these people in every fan base, but when it happens in Philly, then ESPN wants to do a thirty thirty on it. It's it's like it gets way too much. You know what I mean? It's it's like if it happens anywhere else, it's just it is what it is. When it happens in Philly, oh my God, to Philadelphia! But I just I digress. Um, I had a gentleman sitting next to me. Um, that then he started talking and he says, "Yeah, it's not like this in Texas." I'm like, "What part of Texas you from, bro?" And he says, uh, Dallas. And I said, oh, okay. I said, then my boy, I pointed to you. I said, my boy's a Cowboys fan. I said, you know, and it was so, but nevertheless, my point is I spoke to this guy all half the night, you know, joking around and, you know, so forth. There was a guy in front of us who was from out near where my sister lives. My sister lives out in the Indianapolis area. This guy lives maybe an hour, uh, north west of indianapolis but still in indiana got to talking with him this guy's son his two sons were with him one of the sons is touring this area right now looking for college to sign up with for football he's a wide receiver and he's it was so it was pretty cool we got to talk to to a little I was, bit i was very happy like you know you were you were being pretty social i like you know that was good like you weren't just sitting there and like you know Oh yeah, no, no. That's yeah, not yeah. half the battle with me is just a lot of times I don't feel like going out because I just I'm chill. I'm in my chair. I don't. But once I'm out, once you get me out, you know, it's like that's the way I am. I'm just. But I enjoyed their company. They they enjoyed seemed to enjoy my company and so forth and so on. I said goodbye to both of those gentlemen, and I think even um, she waved a little bit when she did when they left to get a little handway, you know, handway. But and and matter of fact, she, she was messing with me a little bit too. Um, but you remember the the ball girl down the yeah, about, that, that, we got to talk about that because that was, that was <laughs> kind of weird. It was it was like a misunderstanding, but she put you in like an awkward spot. Well, she but she was it was almost it was tongue in cheek. Also, she wasn't she wasn't really going to break out her nightstick and you know come after me. She was just like joking. The the girl the foul the ball girl down below. Now we're twelve rows off the field, plus a little bit more room, and the ball girl makes a stop and she looks out our way. And she threw the ball about five rows into the, and I'm like, ah, she couldn't reach it up here anyway. So the lady in front of me, to whom I just referenced, a uh, younger girl, maybe 28, 29, well, she turned around and she said, when I said, I don't think she'd reach up here anyway, she goes, and she looks at me and she gives me that look. And it was, it was the look that I get from my sister. It wasn't a look like I'm really pissed off at you. It was just like a look like, like, like she's playing with me a little bit. She like, and why is that? And like, I'm supposed to say, well, because she's a woman, she can't reach up here. Now, of course, I'm not going to say anything. I said, what do you mean? I, I said, well, I'll tell you what I really meant was. Uh, it's really nothing to do with her gender. I just really think it's because I knew where she was going with it. And, and even her husband or boyfriend, she, he looked over at me. He's like, <laughs> you know, they can't, but it was one of those moments. It was a tongue in cheek. She's messing with me. Like, why? Cause she's a woman type thing, but it wasn't a serious. It was like a, like a joking type thing. And my response was, you know, was I was a gentleman too with it. And we just went on to, you know, back and forth and no one was insulted. And, uh, she was having fun with me a little bit. Uh, and I was just you know, playing along and we, we, you know, it was nice. It was a nice thing. Now, all this stuff happens. Now, do you remember the joker in front of us with the red hat? I don't know yeah, what that was, his... that was another yeah that was another one which I touched on briefly bringing this up. He was sounded like he was arguing with another Yankees fan. Like it wasn't like it was like some like first the lady got up and then she like did a lap 
And like, she would look like she was going to complain or something was going, everyone noticed her get up. Like there, I wasn't locked into her that most of the game, but apparently other people were, but then she got back and then like her and the guy started like arguing. And I'm like, what is going on? Cause I think they're both Yankees fans. Right. It was, and it was just like, it was funny. Like the back and forth was so New York. It was just so funny. The guy's like, you know, no, I think she's like, they're, they're telling him to sit down. And he's like, no, I think I'm just going to keep standing. You know, a matter of fact, there was one of those things, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, there was a lot of attitude and personality exchanged. But, you know, what was your opinion on that little back and forth? I didn't know what was going on. I, I saw him and he's giving her the double bird. He's standing up looking at her, giving her the double bird. And I could see he had a red hat on, but the red hat had the NY up top. Yankees. Yeah, it was Yankees. Yeah, so it was very strange. It was very, it was like a, of all nights to wear that one. That's a little bit, you know. Anyway, but I, I, he's giving her the double bird. I figure, well, maybe is she, is she a Phillies fan? And cause this was right after it seemed to me like right after a big loud, crowd roar i think the, the yankees did something um that they finally put something something on the board or whatever it was i don't know but it seemed like uh, my take on it my immediate take on it was she was i guess a phillies fan that had been maybe chirping with him and he turns around and giving her the double bird and but on the more i'm thinking about it he knew her first name because we he went on she this this happened. What I just said happened, and after the double bird, I don't know what happened. And then about fifteen minutes later, she comes back with security. Remember that? Yeah. She had security with her, and security starts talking with him. And then he jumps up and says, "Oh God damn it, what uh, Baba, whatever her name was, you know, yeah. Diane or whatever the uh, blah blah blah." And I thought, "Wow, he knows her name. What is going on here? I don't know what's going on." And he goes, "I'm 45 years old. I will do. I'm a grown man. I'll do what I want." This and I said, "I guess you're right. I guess she knew him. Was trying to get him to sit down at some point during the game. He wasn't going to sit down. He turns around, gives her the double bird. She goes and gets security. I'm thinking, oh man, this is funny actually." Then. I don't know what the hell was going on. I don't know what, what was in the water or the move that was a full moon. I don't know what the hell went on, but about five minutes later, that's when I started hearing some, some commotion over in the next aisle. And I see feet. I see these black, yeah, black pants, nice. like black jeans. The guy had on like black, like tight black jeans. The guy had on. And then uh, I see these, these, these two legs like with black jeans up in the air and then going the other way. Um, and did you get the video I sent you? I got some footage from the flight, but the people were standing up in front of us. It's not clear, but like you could kind of see if you look through the crevices and the cracks of the people, like you could see some of the fight. So I do have like, you know, 40 seconds of some of this fight. I don't know if you got that video I sent. I got, I got the video, but it's hard to see anything yeah. through but there. You get, it's pretty cool. You, get, you know, hear people like, can, you know, the whole environment. And it's a little bit, this little piece of what happened. Obviously, oh, yeah. Yeah. You hear the there. voices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, you know, you try to pull out your phone really quickly when these things happen. You're like, oh, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to record this. It's a, it's a fight in the stadium. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was, that was interesting what happened. I didn't, but those guys who fought, I didn't know, like, I didn't know if they were Phillies and Yankee fans fighting. I thought they were just like two drunk guys who just started like fighting. That's what I don't understand because I didn't, after the legs that went up in the air, the only guy I saw, was that little guy in a Yankee jersey? I didn't see the other guy in the with the with the, the skinny black legs with the black jeans on. I didn't see the other fella at all, other than his legs being in the air. You I don't saw, know. You saw the guy. You saw the security take the one guy out in cuffs, though, right? Yeah, and that's that. That, that, that even was starting to get on to me. I'm like, get out of here! You know, 
me because I didn't I didn't know if he was fighting with a Phillies fan or whatever. I don't know, but I think everyone was chirping at him. Some some of these assholes were cheering for him. Some were booing. You know, like get out of here. I think I was on the ladder. You know, like get the get out of here. We because he looked if you even saw he thought it was a big joke. He looked like he looked all proud of himself when he's getting handcuffed. He looked all all proud of himself. I'm like you're an asshole, dude. Anyway. Um, they, it, it, you know what? It was just funny to see you, something like that. Were you kind of surprised that that ha- like we had pretty good seats? Like, you know, this stuff usually happens up in the bleachers, and like, a lot of stuff goes on in like the nosebleeds and the bleachers. Like, you yeah. know, people, people, because people are there, like not even paying attention to the game. A lot of them are just there because it's a social thing. It's cool to be in the ballpark. You know, they can half pay attention, and like they're drinking, they're getting wasted, they're drinking, and, like stuff starts happening right in the you know up in those nosebleeds and those bleachers. That's where the shenanigans occurs. But it happened literally right in our section, which was kind of, I was looking around the whole stadium, you know, just from our vantage point, And, like, I didn't see much other stuff happening in other sections. It was just, like, our section. So it was kind of interesting that, our, you know, our, our section was the one with the most action. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, I wasn't, like, totally surprised. I mean, I, I, I wasn't, like, totally surprised at all. I was a little, you know, I was a little bit, I would say, slightly uh like at that slightly disappointed when it starts getting to that level it's like yo cuz i don't care whether you know him, he's your boy and he's another new york fan i don't care if he's a philly fan whatever uh and you're disagreeing with each other i don't know um and nor do i care at some point you gotta at some point you have got to but maybe you're right maybe they were tanked up and drunk i don't know that's uh, usually what it is it's usually there's alcohol involved you know yeah, it usually that that's usually the case, but uh, it, it didn't really bother me one way or the other. Put a little spice on. Uh... Yeah, so I honestly, I'm happy all that stuff happened because it's like that's like a, <laughs> especially for your for your experience going to a ball game and you know going to Yankee Stadium. Like, I'm happy that you know just we didn't just sit there and the, people think baseball is boring. Like, oh, what do you want to you know watch nine innings of baseball? And I thought that the pitch clock really helped things. The pitch clock really moved the game along a lot faster than usual. I think it cuts off an average of 20 minutes per game, but. Um, I was happy that you got like the total experience, you know, you got to eat the New York food. You got to, you know, walk a little oh, yeah. bit in the city and you got to see some action. You got to deal with some real New Yorkers um, and your team won. You know what I mean? It's, it's the beginning of the season. I'm not too angry that the Yankees lost. There's 162 right. games, right? Um, so I thought like that was cool. I was, I was like really kind of happy that there was a fight. I was happy that there was action in our section, you know? Yeah. And I was happy to, to, to do something that we talked about, like to get out and do it, I was happy to, to see New York again. And we'll be back. You know, we're going to be back to another ball game. We're going to be back to Manhattan to mess around in there, get some slices in there, and just get a Manhattan day or something like that. That's cool stuff. Uh, New York's a cool place. And I, my heart, soul, and DNA is Philadelphia. But that doesn't mean you can't love your cousin. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it has to be adversarial all the time. You know what I mean? Because New York is a lot like Philly. Even Michael Rappaport said that when he was talking about it. Anyway, um, it was, it was really, it was really good. It was, it was, a, it was a, a, a very pleasant experience. And, uh, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's early on in the baseball season. Thank God. And, uh, you know, you guys are off to a pretty good start. We're we've got some problems, but we'll see how I don't it goes. Know, man. Like our, th- just like being at that game, I know like Anthony Rizzo didn't play, but I'm kind of scared. Our, the bottom of our lineup, like after after like after there's Judge, you know Aaron Judge, 
you know, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMayu, Anthony Rizzo. Um, then it starts getting dicey. You know what I mean? You you heard the fans as we had, we we played Aaron Hicks that night. Aaron Hicks was playing like I think he was playing left field that night. And you know the fans absolutely hate Aaron Hicks, and for good reason. Like he just doesn't really ever do anything. I you know, but I, I'm kind of scared. The bottom, but we have that guy Anthony Volpe. What do you think about that? The Anthony Volpe, he's Italian. He's our young, young and upcoming players. Our shortstop now. He's only 21 years old. He's like the number three ranked prospect in baseball. Were you were you cracking up at those high school kids behind us, wherever they were, just like you know making Italian jokes the whole time? Well, if they were kids. They were they were very 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 young. Had they been a little older or whatever, that's a little that's a little different. And, and you know, um, had they been saying things that were really, I mean, they they just said little smart things. I mean, just just some smart things, just like little. But they never really come out and really. They didn't take you know take the gloves off and really really um, use detrimental racial slurs and and suggestions and so forth they were pretty mild in general and goofy is all they were and they were very very young so as they would say this or, or that and i'm not even italian but it just just i was it just would like to pull them aside yo guy you don't want to be doing this stuff or saying this stuff like out in public a lot you could get yourself jammed up you know that's not the way the world is today and god forbid you do this on a, on a on a job somewhere but he was just making little like you know he i'm not even going to repeat stuff but it was just general stuff that um uh there were a couple of folks near us who i it appeared to be italian american they weren't that upset first of all like i said they're kids they're goofy kids and second of all the things they were saying were very docile they were they were but they were he was <laughs> leaning on volpe and his his ethnicity but not real harshly and um for that reason i mean that's because you said to me after the game boy they were eh, you know yeah, I'm, there's, there's, I'm like i'm like you know i got i'm like at least 20 percent italian so i'm sitting there i'm thinking to myself man if this was like the old days and there were some mob guys in the crowd like real mob guys well that's different know, they these these they would be in trouble you know what i mean like you know well, that's what you see in the movies too. That you know, says something like that. But they kind of understand something too. It's not the movies. It's not Goodfellas. Number one, and number two, you're twenty percent or whatever like that. Um, uh, when I, Sean is Irish, you look Irish to me. You look like dark-haired Irish, and I mean, the majority of you is are is other things. So I don't, you know, had your had your last name been Bungiovanni or something, I might, you know, but it's not, and and so forth. Not that's a beautiful last name. It's, but I'm just saying, I don't think of you as that way. I don't think you should have been like insulted. And you have to understand, they're goofy kids, and um, all those factors put together. And now, is it really worth? Suppose, suppose one of us or someone were, were to have said something that I think everyone was laughing at them because they're idiots. And I think, I, I, honestly, they were, we were all, there was, you know, there were a couple African American guys, one to my right, one in front of me, the guys I was just talking about with, you know, one from Texas and one from Indiana. And we're, and we're all just looking at each other every time he said something. Not that he was that funny. It was just that they were so stupid enough to say stuff like that. Now, is it worth getting arrested? And, and yeah, they, you know, teeing yeah, off on a 19-year-old. No, no. Yeah, to me, I'm just sitting there peacefully, and, like, I would never cross my mind to do something like that. But it was just irritating me. I was like, okay, this is enough. It's just, like, they're overdoing it. It's, like, nonstop. It's, like, you know, it just got – I think they were, what happened when you're with your friends like that, you know how it is when you're in high school and college. 
you try to one up each other. Yes. It's funnier than the last person said. Like it gets out of hand where you keep saying it just you keep trying to one up each other and you keep making these comments. Right. I think that's what was going on. They were just trying to like impress each other. They they probably saw the reaction of the people around them. They're probably like, Oh, let's let's just keep going with this. You know, yeah, because they didn't know it, but people were laughing at them, not really with them. They thought people were laughing with them, that it re- that gives them reinforcement, so they keep going. And um if you were to say, if I were someone were to have gone to one of the ones that said it and say, hey, young man, this is, you know, it's not a good idea. You Maybe you ought to, da, da, da. now he's in front of his buddies. He's going to try to, he's not going to, he's not going to acquiesce probably. He's going to show his buddies that, hey, man, I'll tell you what I want. And all of a sudden you get, you're in this thing with a 19 year old kid. Is it really worth it? I'm not going to jail. I'm not getting locked up. I'm not leaving in handcuffs unless I really have to. And for that kind of silly stuff, I mean, that's not, and I just was laughing at those jokers because they were just that. They were literally just jokers anyway. And they were kids. And it was just one of those, it was just, just one of those things that, um, and like I said, he was he was saying things that even if someone would have been a, a, a full Italian American standing right there, they may not even have been that offended because he didn't use any of the keywords. He referred to a couple like food dishes, or I'm not even going to get into it or so that, but very very docile stuff, very very docile, you know, very a lot of meatball references, right? Yeah, yeah, innocuous, very innocuous stuff like that, and yeah, that's and, and damn, you know, he, you're New York. They were New York fans because I could tell by the some of the other stuff they were saying. They were New York fans, so they're 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 they're, they're kicking their own guy in the groin there. I don't know what the hell that's about because they're, I guess they were disenchanted with his play that night and whatever, uh, but. You know, it's it, it, those guys. We they're they're, go, they're going to learn a lesson somewhere along the line. Hopefully, it's not too difficult when they learn that lesson. Um, but you can't be doing that stuff most of the time. You're not going to get away with that stuff. Uh, and they're going to learn one way or the other. And hopefully, they grow up before they actually learn a really difficult lesson. Yeah, maybe they grow up first. You know, so we'll see what goes on. But it's yeah. not worth. It's certainly not worth now. If he's chirping and saying stuff about my mama or something like that, that might be a different, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't, but that wasn't, it was no reason for either one of us certainly yeah. to, you know, take anything. No, no, no. I, I just, it was just, a, it was just kind of an irritation to me. I was just like, okay, this is, at first it was like, okay, this is, that was kind of funny. And then, then they kept going on for a couple of innings. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, not up. like, but anyway. Um, the game was good. We had a good time. I'm glad. I'm glad you saw Yankee Stadium. I'm glad you got some of the New York experience. Um, definitely a good time. Um, so yeah, that's the Yankee game. Uh, by the way, the Phillies won four to one that night. It was the Tuesday night, April fourth game that was on Amazon. And okay, was, so yep. um, moving on real quickly, uh, I just want to talk a little bit, um, a little bit about Easter and Passover, just really quickly. We got other topics. I'm going to talk about the movies I saw, Saturday Night Live review. Um, a couple other stupid little things, you know. I've got but, my actor, and yeah, no, we're gonna do we're gonna do you know the normal, we're gonna do some normal format type stuff. But just want to you know talk a little bit real quickly about um Easter and Passover. So Easter yes. was just yesterday. Um, basically it's 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 uh it's Resurrection Sunday is another name for it. Um, the crucifixion and resurrection took place during the week of Passover. Um, so they're kind of always connected um, in a way. Um, 
Yeah, so Jesus was resurrected. Um, occurred on the third day of his burial following his crucifixion by the Romans around 30 AD. Um, it's basically just celebrating his resurrection from the dead. You know, he was in that cave and then he, there's, there's Roman guards there. And then somehow the Roman guards, you know, the, the big block, the big stone that was blocking the cave, you know, that thing was gone and Jesus was gone out of the tomb. His body was not there. This is the story, obviously, but right, right. Well, a lot of people believe. If you believe literally. Well, that's why they call it faith, but that's good. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it basically established Jesus as the Son of God, um, and it's proof that God will righteously judge the world. That's what people say. Um, and those who are those who follow Jesus are spiritually resurrected with Him, um, so they could return, could receive eternal salvation, um, and they could dwell in the kingdom of heaven with Jesus one day. That's kind of the idea behind it. Um, and the first Christians timely observance of the annual celebration of resurrections in relation to Passover. So that's why they're kind of close together. Um, and there's a bunch of other, you know, Easter little facts here and there. Um, there's a lot of different things. People say the, the eggs are dyed to represent the blood of Jesus Christ, but that's kind of just a theory. Um, Easter eggs actually date back way before Easter. Um I think medieval Europe and they they have they might not have been the ones to start the tradition. They're a symbol of fertility and rebirth. That's well, mid- medieval Europe is way after Jesus. Yeah, but yeah. no, they're, they're trying to say the Easter eggs originated for, from medieval Europe and Christians uh, may okay. not have actually been the ones to start the tradition of giving eggs. Right, right. I believe that. That's that's yeah. yeah. Um there's all sorts of different things, you know, different fun yeah. facts here and there. But the the idea is to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right, and it's it's shown it's the most important holiday of the Christian faith. Unlike most people on the outside think it's Christmas, it's not. This is it. The, on the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures, and his kingdom will have no end. Pretty cool stuff. And he was seen. He was seen walking around after Sunday. So it was pretty cool. Thank you for that synopsis. What about Passover? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so Passover, um, in Hebrew, it, the word is, Pesach. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, Pesach. Pesach is, I, don't, I can't speak Hebrew, but uh, it's obviously a very major Jewish holiday. It celebrates the biblical story uh, when the Israel, Israelites escaped from slavery in Egypt. Um, you know, there were slaves in the desert, and there was a thing where, like, you know, if if they didn't, um, Moses said, like, if they didn't release this, if they didn't free the, free the slaves, uh, there would be all these, like, plagues. You know, right. uh, the water turning the blood, the pestilence, the what boils. What point in history open. was this? Do you know offhand? What what, what, what year in history, approximately, was this? Uh, this this exile. Um, I'm not really sure. That's okay. I I think from the Jews, uh, I think it's. I think you're going back. You could be going back to to a thousand years before Christ. I think. Or maybe yeah, I'm not even more. Sure. Um, that's okay. That's okay. It was well before Christ, but the, it was basically. I and I, I, if I'm hearing you right, it was their 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 freeing of slave slavery, their free, freedom from slavery. Yes. Okay. Um, and there's also some other things here. Um, so basically, Passover, Pesach, Pesach, whatever, however you say it, right. starts on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan. They call it N I S A N. There's all these terms when you're researching this stuff. There's all these Hebrew terms and different terms. It gets kind right. of confusing. Um, 
but the 15th day of the Hebrew month is supposed to consider it's considered the first day of the the first month of the Hebrew year. Okay. Um, but it's in the book of Exodus. That's where the Israelites they're enslaved in ancient Egypt. Um, Yahweh was the God of the Israelites. He appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Moses, you know, right. commanded Moses to confront the Pharaoh. Uh, the show was power, power. He did the 10 plagues, which I kind of touched upon real quick. Um, and before the final plague, Yahweh commanded Moses to tell the Israelites to mark a lamb's blood above their doors in order that Yahweh will pass over them. So they okay. were, because they were trying to kill the firstborn. That was one of the plagues. All the firstborns would die. Yeah, this but is like 4,000 BC. Yeah, this is, yeah, 3,000 BC. Uh-huh. If you had blood above your door, um, then you wouldn't be touched by the death of the, you know, your firstborn wouldn't die. Um, that's pretty cool that's where the term passover comes so they're putting blood up up against the door so the angel of death passes over their doorway that's pretty cool yeah um, and that's we're going back about five thousand years so it's three thousand bc roughly so i just wanted to make sure that 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 get the timeline it's about three thousand bc i guess in, in that ballpark um and that's that's pretty cool um one more time about the blood and about the doors one more time for those who didn't hear yeah, basically to protect your firstborn child, you put the blood of the lamb on your door. Okay, during this time. Yeah, so I that think, I think an- uh I think it was around it says 1200s BC. There's not no one no one no one in the world can know the exact date obviously. Right. But they speculate um it's been celebrated since the 5th century BC uh BC. Uh, Fifth so century around, BC. the 1200s BC, that's what I'm reading, but I didn't want to give dates. I don't want to do that stuff because no one really knows, you know, no one there's all these speculations. Some people say the 1400 BC, but it's just kind of, you know, it's been going on forever, obviously. It was around the yeah, time. No of Moses, so, um, and then there's all these different things that go along with it. Like observant Jewish people, uh, they, before Passover, they, they do a lot of house cleaning to remove all the chomets. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Chomets or chomets. I think it's chomets. Yeah. Uh, it does not include baking soda, baking powder, or like products. And they have leavened bread. Um, it's made from one of the five types of grains combined with water. Um, and it stands for 18 minutes. There's all these different things that goes on with the bread and everything, but I don't want to get lost yeah. in the sauce here. No, but the idea, you know, the idea of just, if you're thinking Easter, you're thinking resurrection of Jesus. If you're thinking Passover, you're thinking, you know, escape from slavery. And then you discover, you know, they, the firstborn was going to die. So they put the blood in their door to protect their firstborn. And there's all these different cool things you learn about, but, the the main idea is it's just like you know celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and freeing the Jews from slavery. You know that's that's pretty much the important part. You know. Yeah, and 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 the third day he rose again and was walking around. And on the other one, the name Passover is the blood across. The, like you explained, the blood over the doorway, so the angel of death doesn't go to that house. He passes over that house. That's pretty cool stuff. And and I just wanted to uh, just and we always say. This is not a religious program, but religion is part of life. It's part of culture. Um, there are a myriad religions out there, and we're not going to touch every single one of them, but the major ones we're going to acknowledge and acknowledge their core beliefs and their core holidays. And I think it's going to, it might be a while now for, before we, we do that again, but we respect everybody and, and we want to bring light to where there might be misconception about a lot of things, much as we did, as we did with, with Ramadan. You know, yeah. Ramadan. 
People that always oh, oh wait a minute. Well, here are the core here are the core beliefs. Anything bad there? Well, not really. Okay. Well, that's all we're trying to say. And here the Passover thing is really um, you know, I got my dates mixed up to whatever. I guess I was thinking of Moses, I think of him a long time ago, but uh, it's celebrating the uh the freedom of slavery slavery. And they may not have started that till after that too. But you're saying it's around twelve hundred uh before twelve hundred years. 1200 years before christ and again pass over blood over the doorway so the angel of death passes over my my house because my youngest one uh firstborn or whatever i don't want it you know to avoid death yeah, right that's to, cool just cool. to be clear the uh the the israelites they they were wandering the desert for 40 years that's quite a long time you know what i mean yeah um and passover is about seven days so yeah i mean passover and easter are always kind of interconnected and one thing I just learned actually when I was reading about the Easter, um, I think they said Good Friday is only celebrated in like 11 states. So that was pretty interesting. That is weird. And you know what else too? One other thing, Sean, we always talk about Good Friday and we always know that the day before was, uh, was Thursday. Uh, and that was the day of the Last Supper. And that Thursday, I think somehow starts i don't know if it starts but it has something to do with passover too because don't forget about don't forget christ was a what he was a rabbi right so there's something about that thursday uh right before, the day before good friday and that the last supper that ties in with passover somehow too somehow that was a passover i'm not sure it was somehow that was a passover meal or something like that so, so uh, we'll look into that as we go. We and we will retouch on we're that. Not, we're as not, we, go. we don't want to. We don't want to like do no. a whole lecture on Easter and Passover here. This show's no. something entertaining. We want to respect people. Educational too, yeah. but you know, just wanted to touch on the main things here, right? If Thank like, you. Oh, it's yep. like okay. What is, why do we celebrate Easter? There's Easter bunnies, there's right. eggs, candy, there's chocolate. All, you know, what is going on here? And the, the meaning is, you know, to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, and then Passover to celebrate. The freeing, freeing of sli- the, the Israelites and the, their slaves. You know what I mean? So yep. that's really what's important. You know what I mean? Getting caught up in like the year and all this type of stuff. It's like, you know. Right. No, we've done we, what we set out to do, which was acknowledge yeah. and respect everything. So good yeah. job. Thanks. Uh, all right. So quickly, um, I saw a couple movies, man. Um, I saw the new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it was very nostalgic. If you played Super Mario, if you had a Nintendo in the 80s, if you even had a Super Nintendo in the 90s and then an N64 and Nintendo Wii and Nintendo Switch, if you're a Nintendo person, you know Super Mario. Um, the younger gen- generation knows more Mario Kart because Mario Kart, I think, is still pretty popular. But for me, it was very nostalgic. I went into it not knowing what to think. I was like, oh, this is going to be okay. What, what are they going to do with Super Mario? How are they going to make this entertaining? But I loved it. Uh, I thought the voices were good. I think Chris Pratt was the voice of Mario. Uh, Charlie Day was Luigi. Bowser was Jack Black, and he had this one good scene where he's playing the piano because he, he's like obsessed with Princess Peach. And Princess Peach is voiced by Anna Taylor Joy. I think that's her name. Um, she's from that chess show on Netflix, an excellent show. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was entertaining. Uh, it wasn't just full. The theater wasn't just full of kids. It was you know a little bit of everybody. Um, it was funny at times. It was you know they're, they're two they're two small plumbers who live in Brooklyn, and then they they go through this portal and then there's an whole other world. They're like, what's going on in this world here? Everything's like weird. It's like, there's like talking mushrooms. There's, you know, all sorts of stuff going on here. It's like a whole nother world. So if you let your imagination, just think about, you know, the Mario universe and get lost in the movie or have a good time, 
I think the movie expected, I think the worldwide, it's only been out since Wednesday. I think it made almost $400 million. It's the largest animated opening, I think, ever. Um, I think domestically in U.S., I think it made around $200 million. Um, so I give Super Mario Brothers, cause, you know, grain of salt. It's an animated movie. They're not, like, usually my favorites, but because it's there's so much nostalgia and I love Super Mario, I'll give it a strong 7.6. Did enjoy it. But another movie that I saw that I really enjoyed it, one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm putting that. I'm putting it into my favorite movies of all time. I enjoyed it that much. Air, A I R, like the you know the word air. All about Michael Jordan and his shoe deal that he got with Nike. Michael Jordan's not really in the movie. The guy who plays him is just like a small part of the movie. It's all about Sonny Vaccaro and Phil Knight. Phil Knight's played by Ben Affleck, the head of Nike. Sonny Vaccaro play, works in the basketball division. He's like a basketball savant. He works for Nike, and they're trying to decide like. Because Nike at the time, they were a small sneaker company. Converse and Adidas had the, the large market share of the basketball market in the shoes. So Nike was like, you know, they they're like, okay, this is the top, this is the top 15 draft picks. Who can we get? Where should we throw our money at to get who should represent our brand? And they were gonna throw three, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars was their budget at the time. This was like 1984. They were just gonna like, you know, throw it at like three random players and just see if they worked out. And Sonny Vaccaro started watching tape of Michael Jordan. He's like, no, this guy is so special. Um, let's let's commit all our resources, that all our budget for this this season to this. Let's try to get Michael Jordan. And then from there, I don't want to give away the movie, but from there you see how they maneuvered, how they got a meeting with Michael Jordan's mom, who was played by Viola Davis. She did an excellent job. Chris Tucker did an excellent job. And I was very proud that um, um there's a, a famous Villanova player, former Villanova player named George Raveling. He actually played a pretty important part in the movie in terms of getting Michael Jordan to Nike. So I was proud that Villanova kind of had a connection because obviously it became Air Jordan. It became a monopoly. It became a, a just the, the monster in the, the sneaker industry. But I don't want to talk about it too much, but the movie was phenomenal. I loved it. If you like Good Will Hunting, if you like the chemistry between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, you will absolutely love this movie. The acting was great. It was never boring. I thought Jason Bateman did a good job too. Um, I just, I was just like, I, this was amazing. I, I think I like this movie better than Goodwill Hunting, which is saying a lot. I'm giving it a nine point three, Joe. Um, Whoa! I, for this you, is one, that's, this yeah. is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It was that good. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to dig it because you know where I stand on Michael Jordan and the whole debate. There is no debate, uh, and I remember when those shoes first came out. And yeah, um, who doesn't like those two together? Um, Ben and, uh, you know, Matt, Matt, right. Um, who doesn't like those two together? They always, they always combine to do quality stuff. So yeah, I saw the clips for it. I think I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. It's made by by Amazon studios. So, you know, it made $15 million and I I anticipated it wouldn't, because obviously it was up against a lot of competition. Mario, Mario on Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's not really a big mainstream type of movie. A lot of people are like, oh, Michael Jordan's shoe deal. What is, what is that movie? And like, if you don't really appreciate cinema and Matt Damon and Affleck and good writing and good acting and a true, true quality cinema, you know, just disregarding, like, just even if you don't like sports, it's, you don't have to like sports to appreciate this movie, but it made about $15 million. But just back to my original point, it's made by Amazon Studios. So I think in a month, it's either going to be on pay per view streaming at home where you have to pay for it or, if you have Amazon Prime, it might be free with Prime. So, Joe, you might be able to watch this sooner than you think. Cool. Um, so definitely a great movie. 
Um, and Saturday Night Live. There was a couple episodes because we haven't done the show in two weeks. The last episode was a couple weeks ago because you know we had the national title game was Monday night. Congratulations to UConn, they won the national title. I predicted on on November twenty seventh. I predicted in a text message that UConn won the national title, but I was dumb enough not to bet on them. I should have just threw a bet on them. It would have been some money, but anyway, um, we haven't done a show in two weeks. There's been two episodes of Saturday Night Live, um, SNL. Most recently hosted by Molly Shannon. Uh, the episode before was uh, Quinta or Quinta Brunson. Um, and Joe, did, did you check out any of these episodes? Oh, I can't remember. I think if we just do the most recent one, I mean, we can't go. It's not that big of a. It's not that big of a show. It's not it's not that big. But most recently, Sean, I just saw that the most recent one, and I I kind of liked that. I kind of like Molly Shannon doing her thing again with the red sweatsuit and I'm 50 years old, that kind of thing. Uh, I think that it's been um it's been it's been okay. It's been um a B minus. You know, it's been a B minus. Yeah, I actually call it, the I, whole show, the, last, the whole, the last couple, the whole thing. Yeah, the, the, the last couple of episodes, the ones that they've had in uh, April so far, um, not my favorite episodes. Um, I mean, there were some good skits. I mean, I thought the Molly Shannon uh, video game thing was where she walks in and like the, she finds out there's a whole video game about her life. Every year they make a new version. It's just like controlling Molly Shannon's life in a video game. It's like Molly Shannon 2K23, Molly Shannon 2K20, like just kind of like it's because there's NBA 2K, those are basketball games. So that's a pretty clever idea to do something like that, where like they, she had no idea that they were making a video game about her life all these years. So that that was pretty interesting. I like uh, the valet one. The valet one was kind of <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> refresh my memory. What was the valet one? The again? valet one is the guy. There's a you know the valet, the people that park your car and stuff like yeah. that, and they're nice people in a, at, at a nice hotel. Uh, the guy is out there and he, he's doing a training on some newcomers to, to be valets. And Molly Shannon is one of a couple people who are just newcomers and they're in, into this training. And he's trying to, he's got a little chart out there and he says, you know, a little, uh, what, what did he say? Um, uh, a little joke, a little jog or something like that or something, you know, it's it, very, very simple stuff to do. Uh, but this is a training for people who are going to be valets. And she was one of the students. And the idea was to go over to the customer and get their keys and give them a little joke and a little semi half jog back, you know, like it looked oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, thought, I, <laughs> yeah, I, that, thought, I don't think it was I done well. I attention during that one because I thought that one was like, ah, because it's like they had to like piss the customer, piss the customer off purposely. That was like the premise. No, they they weren't supposed to piss the customer because off. The, 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 the first, the first, I think it was her or someone else. Like went up, the first person who went up to the customer, like really offended the customer. Right, like so, like mean. I was like, is this the whole premise? Like they're supposed to like really like piss the no, customer. That was the whole thing that the students, the students, the would be valets, misinterpreted something so simple to go up and get the keys, give a little joke, and then to give a little that that. The, you know, the guy demonstrated, he walked up and he said, oh, yeah, no, okay. Uh, and it was a nice little friendly joke. And then got, and he says, now I want you guys to do that same thing. Remember, little joke, little, uh, and then a little half jog back. And the guy went up, um, uh, Keena Turner, was that the guy's name? The, uh, I forget the guy's name. He's been on the, he's been on the show forever. African-American fella, kind of chunky. Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. 
Yeah. Tina Turner was a, a football player. I'm sorry for the 49ers years ago. Uh, but he walks up and he starts insulting the guy, like, and starts insulting the guy and starts suggesting that he's sexually inadequate with his wife and stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, he went really overboard. But that was the humor that he couldn't understand simple instructions. So he went overboard with the joke and so forth. And, and that was the, and then she came up and she was like super quiet. She couldn't say two words to them. And that was the whole thing, the whole funny thing was that something as simple and as mundane as be, it was being asked was something they couldn't do. Yeah, I thought it was funny. So yeah, you missed no. the beginning. You weren't paying attention to the beginning. No, I was, but like, you know, I was, I was a Saturday night. I thought the video game thing was kind of kind of put me to sleep. Yeah. I, I uh, like this, would you like the stand-up comic one where the, the, she, it was a horrible stand-up comic, but like the, the, reviews yes. for the, the reviews were like really good. It was like kind of, it was like, it was, you know, it was kind of ironic and like kind of counter- Counter, you know, is this going against the grain? Counterintuitive. Yeah, wow. yeah. That was okay. And what you th- I thought you would like the Trump opening where like they had the Jesus, the Last Supper, and then like Trump's like, oh, that reminds me of me. I'm just uh, like, that well, was- let me tell you, when they first started that, I'm like, yo, 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 you're, you, you're thin ice here, buddy. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what they're going to do here with this. This is not cool. And just around the time they froze it, where they froze, I thought, okay, they didn't do anything that was. Now, look, they can do whatever they want, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it, it, it wouldn't be a good idea to get too cute here, fellas. And they didn't. And then when he came out, I was like, oh, this is cool because I think that guy does the absolute best Trump impression I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. And if you're ever super little bit relaxed or have a couple drinks and you're sitting in your chair one night, and you're watching this thing, you might even think for a second, is that really him? Like, what the hell's going on here? I mean, yeah, he's, his name is uh, James Austin Johnson. He, he has got Trump down to he's got Trump down to the T, dude. I mean, it's really, really good. And anytime anyone can impersonate anyone that that closely, I'm watching it because it's just so neat. It's just so neat. I mean, uh uh, Rich Little used to be able to do, you know, and, and, um, there's some people, some comedians along the way, every once in a while, you get ones that just do a dead on. I mean, not even cl- close is funny, but dead on is like, whoa, this is eerie and it's funny and it's cool. But that's the way he did that. I like that one. Um, and I thought the one where the pregnant lady wasn't really pregnant. She just had gas. I thought it was a little goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that was a little goofy. The week before, Keith, Keith Brunson, um, uh, thought like the 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 the, the that one where she was a midwife, um, or she was a midwife. The Asian guy, the Asian character on SNL, she like she was so offended that he didn't re- remember her. But they start going through the whole history. This is you know this is like two weeks ago, Joe. If you don't have to comment, you know if you, you don't remember it, but like they start talking, and then she's like she's so offended. But then they go through the whole history of how like they met. And then she realizes he's got different hair now or whatever. So that's why she, you know, she didn't recognize him. I thought that was kind of unique. And they did a whole like historical, like why she couldn't remember who he was. I thought that was okay. Um, then uh, I just thought the highlight was the April Fool's prank. They played on Colin Jost during Weekend Update. Yeah, um, that was just, clever. He made, he made jokes about Trump and like no one laughed. And then like Michael Che is, you know, he's like, I told, I told him not to laugh. So I thought that was pretty, you know, they did something cool like that. It's pretty unique where they, you know, mess with, did like a live prank. I thought that was that, a- yeah, that actually, that actually was, that actually was something that was, cause I even looked at it like, what's going on here? You know, it's like, what, what, what the hell just happened? I even rewound that part. Like, cause I, I missed like, what was going on? Cause I didn't hear 
for some reason I didn't hear when he said, Oh, I told him to do it. I heard I heard him say I told him whoa, and I didn't hear. And and I saw Colin Jost going, Oh man, that was the worst thing you ever did. I'm like, what what happened? So I actually had to rewind that to see what happened. Yeah, but that was clever. That was clever. Yeah. Um, but I'm just happy. I, I love when SNL is on Saturday night. Um, it's always it's always a good you know thing for that show to be on. It gives you something to watch on Saturday night. It's live TV. They're trying their best to be funny. Everything always everything doesn't always land, but I appreciate them being on air. And I think they're going to be on the next two weeks because they do take breaks here and there. They take like two weeks, three two, three weeks off at a time. Sometimes it's kind of annoying, but um, so that was cool. I just want to talk a little bit about um, Saturday night. Uh, I went to see a, a co-worker's band play um, and they're a cover band and um, he plays the bass guitar and I thought uh, it was, they were pretty good. They, Joe, they actually played uh, one of these nights by the, by Eagles. That's cool. So they played that. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, they played superstition by Stevie wonder and I was there to, you know, su- to support a coworker, support a friend from work. Um, but it was a cool little spot. And um he he's actually really good, and I think he's I think he's got potential to like you know, to like be like a lifelong musician if he wants to be, because um, it was only a three piece band, and I'm like I'm looking at the band, I'm like you know who's like, you know who's got potential to like you know because it's such a local cover band, and like I don't know what other they have more original music, but like they're playing at local restaurants, they're playing a lot of cover songs, so you can't really see like you know how unique the actual band is, but in terms of like my friend uh, his guitar playing. Um, I thought he was like really good. So I, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a, you know, go places with music. He's, he's, you know, he's young, he's in his twenties. Um, but it was cool. It was cool to see. Cause you, you, you work with people, you don't really know what they're like outside work and you know, what their skills are and their talents are and why they're where they are and stuff. And, um, there's people chasing their dreams and, um, I don't know. It was, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. And they played a lot of songs I liked. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was Saturday night. So. And And one thing I forgot to mention about game day is uh, I got to meet and shout out to Denise. I got to meet somebody that, you know, very nice, very nice lady. And I just wanted to, uh, to put that out there, Uh, you know, hats off to Denise. Good lady. Nice to meet her. She's, she's a real sweetheart. um, Really nice lady. Um, And let's quickly talk about, dude, I, one night I smoked a joint. And then I saw something come up for Subway um, footlong pass for the month of April. I'm like, what's a footlong pass? <laughs> Next thing you know, I, I spent 15 bucks for a footlong pass for the month of April. And I, I haven't been in Subway in years. So now I feel obligated to buy so- footlongs because I spent 15, mu- 15 bucks in the pass. But I did the math. I'm like, I have to go to Subway at least six times to like to make it a deal. Because like, you know, footlongs, you know, they're they're not that cheap. They're at least like twelve bucks per foot long. So I'm basically getting my foot long for six dollars instead of twelve bucks. But I've gone three times in the past couple of days. I've got three uh, foot longs. I got one waiting for me for after the show. Um, you know the chicken the chicken onion teriyaki is actually really good. So that's my go to on a wheat roll. That's my find some stuff that if you find some stuff that's pretty good at Subway. So, but the thing about it is like you know I was high one night. I, I bought a foot, Subway foot long pass. I'm like it's so much bread. I'm trying to you know I'm trying to work on my abs. I'm like. I have to buy subs. And psychologically, I'm like, I want to, I want to get my money's worth. That's the way I am, I guess. But you know, next thing I know, I'm going to subway like two or three times a week, biting subs. You know, 
I digress. That, that's the thing about a lot of – you have to hesitate a lot of the times where you get these deals where you buy so many and you get this one free. And it's like, well, yeah, if you buy 77 of them, your 78 is free. And it's like, whoa. It was like uh, – there's a matter of fact, there's a, there's a Seinfeld about that too. Elaine wanted to get her one her free sub and uh, she was going through hell and back to get her free sub. But um, yeah – I, I I like Subway, and as a matter of fact, I just told you today I'm gonna try to drop a couple of pounds here because, uh, you know, I guess it's just I guess springtime or whatever, and it's just time for me. I just you know, um, before things get, I want I want to try to reel things back a little. And Subway, I don't know, but that that the last time I went to Subway, I would get that chicken teriyaki on a wheat roll, and that's it was pretty. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. good, and I don't think it's that fattening. So I, I'm think gonna look happened, into I think what happened over the years was I started going to Jersey Mike's more uh-huh. and I had like a bad experience at Subway and I thought like they didn't put enough meat on like the Italian sub and I didn't like, I'm like, screw that place. They don't give you any meat. It's like not as high quality as Jersey Mike's and I never had reason to go to Subway. One, They opened one of my town I used to live in and that one went out of business. And I'm like, what's going on with Subway? What's, what's with this franchise? They used to have Jared, the, the famous guy who was fat, then he lost weight. Well, that, that joker didn't do them any favors either. But that guy, yeah, then he went to prison for being like a pedophile. So like Subway is yeah. like, for me, a Subway was just like a no-go. But then like the footlong pass came up. And I'm well, like, you oh, can't you can't blame Subway for, for you know, for him. I mean, yeah, I, was, I, just, I, 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 I got I, you, though. I, I got you. I, I lumped them together. I was just like, ah, screw Subway. You know what I mean? But You can't. Uh, you can't. You can't. I got you. At that time, you did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. I've been in, I'm just not a promo for Subway, but they're, it's better than this. A lot, a lot of these days, um, a lot of Subways are inside Walmart. I go to Walmart, you know, a lot for various things. And, um, and it's on my way home. So I'm like, you know, what? just, I can stop and get myself a sub. It's like $6 for a foot long. It's good. They'll, they put a lot of chicken on it. You know, you get a lot of chicken. The bread seems pretty fresh. The, the sweet onion sauce is very tasty. I get some American cheese. I get some American cheese on there. Um, hits the spot. You know what I mean? It's it's like 600 calories per foot long, which is actually not that terrible. Because I had a, I had a six inch Italian sub from Quick Check today for lunch, at work, and um, that's like 600 calories. I you know, so these you know, well, with the Italian sub, you're talking about the ham and the capicola and, and the Genoa. It's all good, believe me, it's good. But this is just the inverse. I'm glad you told me for for the for the full size chicken teriyaki and see I don't I won't even get cheese on it. Uh, what I get on mine is the, ch- the chicken teriyaki and lettuce and a little sauce. And it's good. I get it on a wheat roll and I have I haven't for a while but I'm 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 going to mess around and go back to it now that I'm going to really start trying to, you know, summer's coming up so I'm going to try to trim up a little bit. So um no, nah, it's gonna. It's it's ironic that you went to that flavor too, because that's that's my, that was my go to with with uh, with Subway. It's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Um. All right. So this I know this opening's been pretty long, but we had a lot to talk about. I mean, Joe and I went to a Yankee game, so there's a lot of stories and just we're fun flowing here. And we wanted to touch on Easter a little bit and Passover, just to like be polite because we did the other holidays and like. Yeah, we don't want to get lost in the sauce and start lecturing people. And no, like, no, 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 no. Falling asleep and turning us off, you know? No. But no, I mean, Easter and Passover are big holidays. You know, we, we like, put it this way. Like, next year, for example, um, I don't even know if we have to even touch on these holidays again, dude, because we've already done it this year. Next year, may, next year, maybe we'll just talk about some stories that we had. You know, we'll just quickly, you know, 
Talk about well, what, what I see, what I suggest we do, Sean, and it is the next time it comes around, like uh, Christmas, you know, cr- Christmas comes around again. You don't have to duplicate what we've done is what I'm saying. No, but we just, just, I like to just revisit and say, Hey, let's all remember what this is. Bing, 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 bing. And let's remember that Hanukkah is bing, 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 bing. So that we, we do it. And we say, we can always say, just like we said last year, we're just going to, but I think it's important that we acknowledge, acknowledge briefly recap and move on but we're not a religious program but we are cognizant of everyone's right to have their own religion and we're also want people from different religions to learn something maybe they didn't know i mean just in researching ramadan i learned a couple things i didn't know i did so maybe someone listening will learn and keep an open ear and say well yeah i guess that religion isn't what i thought it was you know that kind of thing and just one more thing i just i have my 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 orthopedic shoes on i stand corrected but i was thinking that moses was a dude that was around like way before he was and you're right it was as recently as like 1300 years before christ so that's something that uh for whatever reason i guess i never really studied the bible and went to Bible, you know, but I th- always thought Moses was a little further back in time. So that's something tonight that I just learned that Moses was only about thirteen or fourteen hundred years before Christ. So there you go. I learned something tonight just from us doing that. So we're good. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's uh, move on to our actor. Well, quickly before we move on to the actor, there was a shooting today at a bank. You hear about that, Joe? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I did. Um, so thoughts and prayers for the victims of that shooting today. Yes. Uh, I believe it was Louisville. Yep. Um, some, you know, disturbed ex-employee of the bank. I think the guy, I, I, didn't, I haven't done my research on reading about it that much, but what I saw was he was a former worker there at the bank. And yep. it seemed like he had an agenda. He's only 25 years old, I, I, I believe, which is like, you know, it's very sad. But uh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, I'm yes. sick of these mass shootings. I can't, you know, I'm just so sick of seeing these mass shootings. You know, it, it's just, I'm tired of it, you know? Yes, sir. Uh, all right, so let's do our actor. We got Bruce Willis, Joe. You chose Bruce. Uh, his real name is actually Walter. My dad's name is Walter. I didn't even know that. I didn't know Bruce's real name was Walter, but uh, he was born March 19th, 1955 in West Germany because it was a U.S. military base. His father was in the military. Um, then he grew up in Penns Grove, New Jersey. His mom worked at a bank and his father was a welder and a factory worker, also former military. Um, he developed an interest in acting in high school. Uh, fun little fact here about perseverance is he spoke with a stutter. His school na- schoolmates nicknamed him Buck Buck. He joined the drama club and then he found that acting reduced his stutter. Um, and he was actually elected student council president. So he persevered because, you know, people... Kids are cruel. You know, if you have one little weakness, they'll just pick on it, and it could really just affect you really bad. Um, yeah. He didn't let it get to him. You know what I mean? He overcame it. Yeah. Um, he was discovered working in a New York City cafe. Uh, the casting director liked him. Um, he was bartending, so he got a role as a bartender, actually. Uh, then he got a role in the TV series Moon- Moonlighting in 1985, which he won an uh, Emmy for, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. His first key movie role was Blind Date in 1987 and then Die Hard in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, little stories that happened when he was in New York City. Um, he had he, he, you know, he needed all the money he could get. So he had a little place in New York City. I think he only had one bed, but two women moved in with him when he was in New York City working as a bartender. And they slept in the same bed as him for nine months. <laughs> Pretty interesting story. <laughs> yeah. um, he says he didn't sleep with them. He was on, I think he, he, he had a really good rapport with, um, he was on Letterman a lot. Um, but I think I saw this and I think it was, 
I think I saw this in a Conan interview when Conan was talking to him. Um, he's a, he's a pretty wild guy. I mean, he, he told Conan on he's on Conan O'Brien. He said, "Don't you just want to kick somebody's ass sometimes?" And I'm like, "Man, this guy's a tough ass. You know, he's a tough guy." Because um, I don't really walk around thinking that. I don't, I don't really want. I don't. I, I try to avoid violence, right? Right. Bruce Willis, you know, he became a big action star. He's the type of guy who just walks around. Sometimes you just want to kick someone's ass. And I'm like, dude, this guy's a real tough guy. Um, What I saw during his interviews, he does a lot of practical jokes during his interviews. Um, He seems very sarcastic and funny. He knows knows how to go with jokes, laugh at himself, make fun of the, even make fun of, turn it around on, on the host of the late night show and make fun of them. So he's got a good personality. It's very sad what he's going through now. Because yeah. in March of 2022, he's announced he was retiring because he has aphasia. But then in 2023, recently, he had, they announced he has dementia. So he's pretty much not – he has to retire because health issues. Um, I've seen a ton of stuff he's been in. I've seen all the diehards. One movie that I didn't see, I saw bits and pieces. My friends told me to watch it, The Last Boy Scout. I've never seen the whole movie. I don't want to watch that. Um, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Pulp Fiction. You know, he's in a bunch of movies that I've seen. I don't want to go out on the whole list, but just the highlights here. Beavis and Butthead, The Fifth Element, The Jackal, Armageddon, you can't forget that. The Sixth Sense, you can't forget that. Unbreakable, um, Ocean's 12, Sin City, Lucky Number Slevin, uh, Surrogates, Looper. I digress. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a monster, <laughs> megastar, a, megastar A-lister. Um, it's, it's a shame we can't see him act anymore because obviously he's healthy. Health things come up. As you know, Joe, this stuff comes out of nowhere. You can't. You can't, you know, these are diseases that are genetic and things happen and life changes, but he lived a very fulfilling life and he affected a lot of people's life in positive ways. He gave a lot of people joy throughout his movies. Um, so seems like a good guy. And Joe, why'd you choose Bruce? Well, I had to choose him. I chose him because I had to select somebody and I wasn't sure what I was doing. And I don't know whether uh, he popped onto the screen somewhere. I just thought about him. I'm not really sure, but he's always been, uh, I thought, a tremendous actor. That plus, uh, I told you, my brother-in-law, uh, my brother-in-law, Niles, um, and his friend Jay. His friend Jay went to high school with uh, with uh, Bruce Willis. And about 10 years after high school, maybe five years after high school, I don't know what it was. It was five or six, maybe, years after high school. Um, Niles, my, my brother-in-law, was with this friend Jay from that grew up and went to high school with Bruce Willis. And they were in a bar in that area. They stopped in at a bar in that area to have a beer. And there's Willis. And there's this, he had hair down to his shoulders. Like, you know, this is back in, you know, this is back in a, the mid, early mid-70s, I guess. Hair down to the shoulders and um, just sitting there and just a regular dude. This is before any of this stuff you just mentioned. And he was just, you know, and he just looked like a regular guy. And, and Jay sat down with him because he went to high school with him because had a beer with him and and niles was right there with him and uh niles will always have that story about it, how he had a beer with bruce willis and before he was even but he was always from it was you know he was from this area and he was always revisiting and and he, he was proud of this area and he was always a good guy and also i think maybe his recent uh his recent problems maybe uh triggered me to uh to to give him more attention right about now anyway because uh you know it's it's tough it it really is tough and then i uh i heard his current wife talk about and she's she's talking about um would people please 
get out of the way when when she's got him out in public and she said she goes anyone who's ever taken care of someone like this knows that it's really really difficult and sometimes bordering on impossible to get something like that done to to as simple as taking someone like that out into public and and maneuvering about and getting your chores done or getting something to eat or do whatever and she, she was just begging people like to please please because of his condition you know and that just triggered me too so uh no i i between the story um which niles is and if you know my brother-in-law he's not one to uh to to make something like that up and i didn't even hear that story till uh like last summer um i was out there visiting him and we were talking about um bruce willis and his his uh his problems and the story came up. I'm like, no, she never told me that. It's, well, I don't, yeah, but it's, uh, it's true. Um, so, and he's, I thought he's always been a good actor, a very, very good actor, solid actor. And he's been around for a long time. So, uh, without further ado, I'll give you my sub, any, anyone's top five list is subjective. You know what I mean? So, my top five, and one could go crazy here because he's been in, he's seemingly been in everything, but here's my top five. Five would be Die Hard, the original. Four, Unbreakable. Thought was pretty clever. It was a good movie. Three, it's a movie called Striking Distance, where he played a, a river cop out in Pittsburgh, and it was really a different, and it was the young girl from, um, Sex in the City. What's her name? She's Sarah married Jessica, to Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. It, it, she played his girlfriend Isn't in the Dennis movie. For, doesn't don't it's Dennis Farina in that too? Farina's in that. Uh, Tom Sizemore. Uh, Sizemore's in it, and the guy that played the painter for for um, Murphy Brown when Murphy Brown was at home she had a guy that come in was a painter he's also another famous i mean that thing was loaded the thing was that that film was loaded um and it was about it was about uh he was a river cop in pittsburgh and there's some stuff going on and there's some murders being committed and everyone's looking at each other sideways that's all i'm going to tell you um but it was really a cool movie for for a lot of different reasons that was my third number two was the sixth sense that that one that was something that was something else that really 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 was uh as a matter of uh, i'll uh, i'll tell you a story about that when i'm done the first one number one as if you didn't know was pulp fiction of course Zed's dead, baby. You know what I mean? I mean, this is nothing. nothing. And and in that movie, he had a little, he had a little girlfriend that was, that was foreign from, I don't know whether she was, she was um, from Europe or, or she was, she was Latin or whatever she was, but I thought she was the cutest thing in the world. I want to get blueberry pancakes. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, but his, his role in that was really tremendous. So again, I'll read it back to you. Number five, Die Hard. Four, Unbreakable. Three, Striking Distance. Two, Sixth Sense. One, Pulp Fiction. The Sixth Sense reminds me, and I'll just get this in quickly. I told you I used to work with kids with emotional uh, disorders and so forth and so on and and uh, emotionally disturbed and behavior disorders and so forth and, so on. and this isn't funny this is kind of sad but um but i made sure everybody was you, you're gonna be okay with this you're gonna be okay with this movie you're like, oh, okay yeah and this 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 little fella um uh, he was uh he was about 13 uh and um 
And this isn't too bad, but we went to the movies and we saw all this and remember how that ended. It was like, whoa. And we got back to the got back to the group home and okay, everybody do you finish up your nighttime chores and then get your your showers or whatever, get you know, hygiene and everybody get ready because bedtime's in about 45 minutes and okay. And come bedtime, I'm checking on all of them. <laughs> To make sure they're all, and this joker's sitting on the side of his bed. He's not laying down in his bed. And I, I said, yo, what, what's going on, man? What's going on? And he said, that movie, that's, that movie, I don't, I'm, I'm scared that mother. But I had to talk, I had to talk him down a little bit. And I had to, and listen, man, it's, it's okay, brother. That was just a movie that all that stuff was just pretend. That's never any other kind of a thing, but I'll never forget that. Now, he was cool after I talked to him a little bit about it. And I said, listen, you see this chair? I'm going to be right outside your door here. I'm going to be right outside your door. So I moved my chair uh, to right outside his door. And I said, I'm going to be right out here. There's not, believe me, what I take you somewhere where I, you know, something, you know, what I, and, and what I, what I expose you to something like that or something that if it were true, come on. And it's, and it's just a movie and it's good that you learn it now. And okay, you know, but it took a little bit, but he was, he was, he was shook. He was shook. And I'll never forget that. But, the, you know, I always try to try to do what I can to make sure there are certain things you don't want to take them to go see, uh, obviously, and some of them that they can handle. And the other six kids I had out there had no problem with they because they know what's, but it was just one of the, it was just one of those times. And it was that movie. It was that movie, The Sixth Sense. I'll just never forget that. But uh, as it turns out, he was cool. He got to sleep. He never had any more problems with it, but I'll just remember, I'll just always remember that. Um, but that, that's about it. That's about it as far as that's concerned. Where are we in, in our art itinerary here, Sean? Uh, so we, you know, did actor Bruce Willis. Um, just want to say quickly, one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies is The Jackal. He plays a hitman in that. I, I love that movie. I'll have to say it along with The Boy Scout because I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, Last Boy Scout was from 1991, <sighs> and The Jackal was from 1997. So there was a, there was a lot of good action films in the 90s, 80s too, yeah. but 90s had a lot, you know. Um, all right, so Snapple fact, Joe, you chose this one, 1351. The ostrich produces. A booming noise, often confused with a lion's roar. roar. Um, the reason they do that is because it's kind of like a warning call. Uh, it's supposed to scare off predators, um, and it's supposed to warn all the other ostriches um, in the vicinity. So, you know, it sounds like a lion uh, lion's roar, apparently. Who knew ostriches can do that? That's the whole thing, Sean. I mean, I, I, yeah, an ostrich is a big bird. An ostrich can look, I'm six foot one, and an ostrich, I'm pretty sure, can look me eyeball to eyeball. That's a lot, that's a big ass bird. You look outside your, your back porch, you say, a little bird. I wonder if a little bird would look like if it were my size. Well, yeah. go look at an ostrich. Uh, but what, what surprised me is, dude, I have been, and I'm not going to get to it, but I was in the Philadelphia Zoo one time. I'm going back. This is going back 35 years. The Philadelphia Zoo one time for a day. And then we walked right around before we left. It was around five o'clock or whatever. Right, right, And it was, it was around fall. So it was starting to get dark. But we walked through the lions, uh, not lions, but the tiger. Same thing. Big cat. We walked through there. Um, there's an outside part. And then when they come in. They're, they're inside and it's all big bars and everything, but we walked through the inside part during feeding time and they were pacing back and forth and they knew it was feeding time and they were hungry, but 
You, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's Sean. It's scary, man. And you're, and you're inside. I mean, and it was a weird, it was like, oh, but it was like, really? <laughs> I mean, it would like go right through you. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of animal. That's a lot of hungry animal too. But to imagine, and these folks don't exaggerate, that this ostrich can mimic that sound. That's like, I did not know that, nor would I want to be around when they did it, man, because that's, it's, yeah. uh, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's that. Cool. Are you ready to be stumped? Oh, you're still on my line, man. You're still on my line. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I had to. All right. Here we go. Yeah, you'll get this. Is, this is not, this is easy stuff. All right. The first one Mercedes Benz research and development working on a hover car for the year 230. Mercedes-Benz Research and Development, R&D, working on a hover car for 2030. Next headline. Tacoma, as in Washington, or some people say Washington, Tacoma woman with tuberculosis found in contempt of court after refusing treatment. Tacoma woman with tuberculosis found in contempt of court after refusing treatment. Okay, last one. Marine biologists in Chile are training dolphins how to play chess. Marine biologists in Chile are training dolphins how to play chess. Okay, so the woman was held in contempt of court for refusing treatment? Yep, for tuberculosis. For tuberculosis, okay. Um the Mercedes one, they're trying to create a hover car by 2030, you said? Yep. All right. All right. So I'm just going to go through my thought process here. Hover cars are not going to be around by 2030. That's just no way. We're, we're trying the current event today. We're going to do a quick current event, and it involves electrical cars. And basically, we're trying to have all electrical cars by 2035. And if we can't even have electrical cars by 2035, how are we supposed to have hover cars? So I don't think that's going to happen by 2030. I could see, you know, three by the year 3000, by 2000, by 2075, you know, but no, I I don't think that one's real. The tuberculosis one, eh, I think the Dolphins training to play chess is real, but I'm probably wrong. What do you, what's real? What's real, Joe? You are incorrect, sir. Tuberculosis right. is real. The tuberculosis, the, the, the she was refusing. She's like, oh well, I don't really give a rat's ass about anybody else but myself. So she's refusing tuberculosis, mm-hmm. and they said, no, they, we're gonna we're gonna mess around and and lock you up. She'll be held in Pierce County Jail for up to forty five days for testing and treatment until she is no longer a threat to public health. Okay, yeah, I wasn't. You know, it almost sounded like you. I, I was gonna pick that one, and I'm like, you know what? Because I, I, I heard some crazy stories about like dolphins are really smart. Yeah. And, like, you train them to do a lot of different things. So it wasn't that far fetched that they could learn how to play chess. That's why I thought that was pretty, it was a pretty good creation on my behalf there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to stray away from the old, uh, uh, you know, archaeologists find this or, or lady finds $17,000 in a frisbee or some shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to stray away a little. So. Yeah. That's good. That's all right. There's, yeah. These are this is these are tough. All of them. Yeah. You know, so oh, good job. Good job. No problem. All right. So quick Brian Koberger update. Um, apparently, uh, the police found one of the victims who was one of the slain victims' ID, um, in his glove box in his car. 
So if that's not a smoking gun, I'm not sure what it is. Why why would he have a, a, school, a student ID of one of the people who were apparently killed? So, you know, that's, you know, there's so much evidence against this guy. That that one to me is like, wow, this guy's, is he like the dumbest criminal ever? He just has like their student ID in his glove box. I mean, how is he not guilty if that's in there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, on top of everything else, that's all the other evidence. But that's that's one of the most recent updates I saw. So I'm like, okay, you know, when is this guy going to jail again? When's he getting the death penalty? When's he going to, you know, suffer in prison? Because this he's a horrible, he's just a terrible excuse for a human being if he's guilty. But, you know, all signs point that he's probably guilty. He he seems more guilty than OJ did. I'll just put it that way. And obviously go, OJ was, um, you know, probably guilty. Wow, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I got you though. I got yeah. you. He's trying to give you, he's trying to give you a good analogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. it's like this guy Coburn. Every time I see news about him, it's like, okay, okay. Like, there's so much evidence against him. So it's absurd. So, um, all right. So we're gonna do a quick. We, we, you know, we did a long show, a big opening, a lot of stories. I don't want to get lost in the sauce. I don't want to get too luxury, and but I do want to talk about a quick article. Um. It's from the New York Times. It's called Calculating the Fastest Road to an Electric Car Future. It's funny you just brought up the flying cars because it's like we're just trying to like get these electrical cars, you know, on the road for everyone. And I don't know how it's gonna happen. There's all these reasons, there's all these things they have to do um to make it plausible. They have to have number one, they have to have charging stations all around everywhere. Cause I go on like road trips and stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, if I have an electrical car, like I don't want to stop. And they take a long time to charge. I think they take an hour to charge some of these cars. So, you know, say you're on a road trip, instead of just stopping quickly to get gas and moving on and keep driving, you got to stop and get, you know, you got to stop and charge your car for like, you know, hopefully it's only like five minutes when it, when they perfect the technology. But um, the EPA, they, they're, they're proposing an ambitious greenhouse gas emissions, emission standards. Um, it's supposed to ensure that at least half the new vehicles sold in the U.S., are all electric by 2030. Um, so, you know, that's quite an ambitious goal, but by 2030, they want at least half the new cars. Um, and by 2035, they want gas-powered cars to be obsolete. Um, but the problem is gas electric cars are so expensive. Um, there's not enough, you know, materials and supply chains to make them that quickly and cheaply. And also they take half the work that, you know, there's so many, there's so much less parts in electrical cars. It takes, it's going to, it's going to reduce a lot of jobs. A lot of these factory workers who build cars, they're going to lose their jobs because they, you know, there's not enough room for them to, to work on the electrical cars, you know, there's, cause there's not as nearly as many parts. So it's ambitious to think by 2035, it's going to be all electrical cars, you know, right? Um, they're, they're trying to like test them out really fastly though. I mean, they're they're putting the electrical cars on giant treadmills continuously for twelve hour shifts to see how many miles they can travel on a single charge. They've heated the cars to nearly hundred degrees and then frozen them overnight to assess the battery strength. So they're really trying to improve the technology. Um, but like I said, one of the biggest important points here is that they require fewer than half the number of workers to assemble than gas powered powered cars. I mean, a Ford F one fifty, for example. Um, it's assembled by 4,200 employees in a conventional truck plant, but the electrical F-150 is just essentially a giant battery attached to motors. And all you, all you need is about 720 workers to build that thing. So, um, you know, it's going to be tough to get there by 2035. I think it's ambitious. Um, uh, but Biden says he wants to reduce the U S's greenhouse gas pollution, at least 50% by 2030. Um, and then, 
2021 report by the International Energy Agency said that nations would have to stop selling new gasoline-powered cars by 2035, or else global temperatures will increase 1.5 degrees Celsius. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, even California has already banned uh, sale of new internal combustion engine vehicles after 2035. So I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I like my gas car. I like going to the gas station. I don't like paying for gas, but it's the best way to do it. Plus it creates so many jobs. I'm kind of on the fence of how I feel. I mean, I might have to, I might have to get in time, get with the times and, you know, who knows what I'll be doing in 2035. I might have an electrical vehicle and just be you know, think, Oh, this is cool. This is normal. But the problem is if everyone has them, there's got to be a lot of chargers and charging has to be efficient. Like I said, um, it's, it's well, a, it's going to be a steep climb, but Joe, what's your opinion on this? My opinion is, you know, about, uh, 17 years ago they first came out with this this plasma tv and these things were like these things were like you know six inches thick and they were giant and this is plasma tv and this is unbelievable and they're you know boy if you want this one it costs about seven thousand what happens is technology starts to get better and they start keep working on it keep working on it and as time goes by the technology gets more efficient and the product becomes more and more affordable because it's no longer new. It's been around for a while. It's being worked on. And so that's what I see happening here, that eventually, eventually the cost of these things will come down. Eventually, they'll be ubiquitous, be all over the place. Um, the only negative thing I, I heard you talk about was the the immediate lack of jobs. But you know what? If a pro, if if a company can construct these things, these electric vehicles, and do it really efficiently, maybe they'll take on other projects too, in which they can employ other people. So maybe it won't be just cars. Maybe this will enable them to venture into other areas where they can take on other projects. Who knows what's coming down the line? But that's the only negative drawback. And the only other thing I say about gasoline is obviously, you know, you know, we can't run from it you know we can't run from gasoline and the emissions and everything else and what it's doing to the planet and then the repercussion you know we can't sean you know we can't okay i'm yeah. not being political if, i'm just saying if, we somebody, can't. If, somebody, if somebody told me the future it's like listen if you guys keep driving these gas cars the planet's going to be obsolete and deleted in about 200 years it's no longer going to exist earth is going to be over with Our, so, you know, and that to me i'm like okay everybody let's get electrical cars let's do what we got to do let's get rid of the plastic bags let's 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 save right, our right. planet but right. no one can really tell us for certain that, you know, the world's going to end, right? So it's like – and plus everyone's not – no one's thinking like 200 years ahead. They're like – they're thinking about like their their, their children, their grandchildren. Um, but, yeah, we have, we have to be focused on the future generations. We want our planet to survive. So if this is what we got to do, we got to do it. But, right. Do you want our future know, generations to look back and, and say, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I mean, to, we got to be proactive and we got to do – we can't – And one more thing I need to say, Sean, please, let me say this because before the only thing I want to say about about in addition to all these other things that I think are going to be advantageous, the price will come. I can I just I just quoted you like um, go back and look at the cost of a of a plasma, not even not even the stuff we're looking at today, which is even higher definition, but just plasma TVs when they first came out, they were thousands. I mean, like so the price comes down you know, uh, exponentially, almost literally exponentially it comes down to a, a reasonable rate. I'm, I'm looking at right now, a, a 55 inch screen that I think I spent, uh, I don't know. I think I spent three, $300 on maybe no, I'm not even, I'm not even sure, but it was something like that. Um, and it's a beautiful picture. Uh, the absence of gasoline in accidents 
makes me feel a lot better because people get in car accidents, Sean, and it doesn't take much for that gas tank to rupture. And all it takes is a little spark. And most, I, I, I can't even imagine being in a vehicle and having it burning up like that. I mean, and it's happened. My family has known one of my dad's friends, sons was about 10 years older than I. And he got slammed by a tractor trailer on the vehicle, just went into flames and he, he burned up. I mean, so when you get rid of the oil and the gasoline, you're going to get rid of a lot of the, you know, flammable liquids that, that are really, really deadly in, in car accidents. So that's something else we don't need in addition to the environmental implications and so forth and so on. So, uh, I'm all for it. And like you said, right now you could see people at that quick check that you were referring to me earlier about that, that quick check store up there near, near, uh, near Robbinsville. Um, I, I would stop in there once in a while and get a, a sandwich and sit in the parking lot and eat. And I'd see people come in with their electric vehicles and be standing around waiting because they're charging yeah. up, but it's all brand new five years from now. It may be as it, the way technology moves. It may be five years from now where they come in and what used to take them an hour might take them about nine minutes and then they're gone. You know what I mean? So just look at cell phones when they first started, when they first started, I can remember in like the mid, mid to late 1980s, I had this thing on my hand that was bigger than a brick, like a standard brick. It was big and square and brick. But you know what? It was a phone. And I said to my buddy, I said, watch this, man. I'm going to call such and such. I said, oh, this big antenna sticking out and everything like that. You know, and this was like, wow, look at this thing. We could not have imagined what you and I take for granted today, these cell phones today. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? technology it moves along. It moves along. It moves along. It moves along, but it's I think it's ambitious to think by like 2035, which is just like 12 years away. I mean 12 yeah, years it may, that may be soon. That, that may be every, soon. Every single car, you know, and every single car, like it's ambitious, but and the fact that California has already, you know, banned the sale of new gas cars and you know after 2035, like they're already I think they're already putting the horse ahead of the cart, whatever they call that quote. Um putting the cart in front of the horse. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I, I, listen, if it helps our planet and it's not expensive and it's, it's just, a, I could find an electrical car for around the same price as a gas car. And I like the car and it goes fast enough, gets me to where I want to go. It charges quick enough. I can go on road trips, um, not waste the money on gas anymore. Then yeah, I mean, let's, let's do it. But um, 2035 to me just stuck out as like really soon, you know? Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about 12 years, right? Okay. So, I mean, you know, I mean, 12 yeah, years. What if, wait to... new, what if somebody buys a new gas car in like 2032 and they're like, you know, what do they do in 35? Like, do, can they buy the, like, can the government like buy that car from them and like just get traded for like an electric car? Pro- you know, they have a really like nice car, has low mileage. It's only three years old. Where are all these old cars going to go? How are we going to recycle these things? You know. Well, that's that's you know we'll work on that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's is it you can't purchase anything after that 2035, or there's you can't be on the road after 2035. Yeah, with you know they're uh, they're putting they're they're creating the rules as they go along. We'll see what happens. We'll but. see what happens, and I'm sure if they if someone buys a car in 2033, right? They're not going to. I mean, they're going to take. I'm sure. I'm really sure that. Uh, and then, and then maybe, maybe an exception. There may be exceptions like, okay, you bought this, you're grandfathered in, but that's it. Like something like that. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a, you know, this isn't, you know, Russia or anything. Isn't yeah. it? Anyway. Uh, 
So that's, that's current event. Um, we're just going to do sports really quickly. Uh, UConn won the national title. The Masters ended yesterday. Uh, John Rahm. I don't know if it's pronounced his name because I wasn't really wa- – I'm not a big golf watcher. Throw it on here. Oh, John Rahm. Yeah. John, is it Rahm or Rahm? It's Rahm. So John Rahm won, but apparently Brooks Kepka choked. Apparently he had like a lead because Dave Portnoy, Dave Portnoy was the guy, Barstool Sports founder, was just teasing uh, Brooks Kepka all over Twitter. He's like, oh, this guy's choking. That, that I was getting alerts from Portnoy's tweets on my phone. I'm like, okay, something's going on with the Masters. But apparently he like choked and this guy Rahm, I guess, took, you know, and there, I think Mickelson came in third. I think there was like four Americans in the top six with the guy, John Rahm, who won. Is he from like Spain? John Rahm is from Spain, yeah. Yeah, so I saw the Spanish flag. So yeah. uh he won fifteen million dollars for that big big victory. Nice, nice chunk of change there. Any golfer knows that green jacket is is the pinnacle. So it's cool. Yeah, cool to see. Someone made him. a funny joke about the green jacket. Um it was probably it was, someone that doesn't know a goddamn thing about golf. So that, that's so fine. Really, I don't know if it was Fallon or something. It was really funny. It's like these why are they green jackets? They look they make a really like witty, clever joke, but I digress. So John Rahm won the Masters. You call on the national title. NBA playoffs are starting. It looks like Joe, you guys are playing the Nets. The Knicks are playing the Cavs. Um, Ooh, that's not so, that's not an easy that's not such an easy task. The Cavs, you know. Oh no, no, absolutely not. I'm I'm not I'm not overlooking the Cavs at all. But I, my prediction is Knicks win in six. The okay. Knicks in six. What is your prediction for the the Sixers? Well, for this, I, I, I'm not going to be cocky or anything, but I can see. I, I think the Sixers should do this in five. Okay. And then um, I don't know if Joe, if you like this or not, but the NBA added a couple of years ago called the play-in games. So instead of the top eight seeds automatically making the playoffs, they make they make the other seeds like the seventh and eighth seeds, um, and the ninth and tenth seeds play a play-in game, and they have to <laughs> compete for their spot in the playoffs. Right. So it's kind of like a do or die situation. So tomorrow night, you got those, those playing games start tomorrow night. There's playing games on Wednesday night. I'm just laughing and, at it. Did you see the Timberwolves? Did you see what happened with, with, uh, uh, what's his name? A bear. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Gobert. Gobert. Gobert gets pissed off at his teammate and punches him in the chest across yeah. the huddle. Exactly. He's not going to be playing. They're playing the Lakers. I think because the, right. the Lakers made a trade. They have a bunch of former Timberwolves. They got Beasley. <laughs> They got D'Angelo Russell. And so, one, one so guy he, on the Wolves, one guy on the Wolves walks off. I wasn't done. I'm sorry, but, okay. but one guy on the Wolves walks off. Not the guy that got punched. He was a different guy on the Wolves for whatever. I think he got in foul trouble. Same team now that Gobert is on. The guy that, okay. He, this guy, I forget his name. I think maybe Williams or something like that, but he's on the Wolves, on the Timberwolves, and he got in foul trouble. He gets pissed off at himself, so he walks down the tunnel way, and he punches the wall. He breaks his hand, and now he's out indefinitely. He's out. There's, he's not going to play for the rest of the year, and his team is not going to have him in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I you want to talk um, about jackasses left and right. Was, uh, Gobert punched Kyle Anderson. Yeah, I mean, between Gobert punching his teammate and getting tossed, and then his, his, his same teammate, this other joker, punching a wall because he got in foul trouble. I mean, it, it, the coach, I think his coach is Jason. I, I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah, these guys are punched, immature, man. He punched Kyle Anderson, and then Jaden McDaniels. McDaniel, yeah. 
Yeah, Daniels fractured his hand. <laughs> he fractured his hand, punching the wall because he was mad at himself for getting in foul trouble. So you got one guy hitting one teammate that gets ejected, another guy that gets in foul trouble. He punches the wall, breaks his hand. Now he's out for the playoffs. I mean, that, that would piss me off if I were to coach. Anyway, I just I I didn't mean to. I just thought that was it's it's funny too when you really think about. It. But go ahead, I'll let you finish. Yeah. So uh, NBA playoffs should be exciting. I'm actually going to one of the Knicks home playoff games. I'm kind of really excited for that because I haven't been to as a Knicks fan. I saw them play when they played Michael Jordan at Madison Square Garden when I was a kid. I was like in third or fourth grade or something. It was cool, but I barely remember it. Um, now I get to – I'm actually a Knicks fan now. I was a Bulls fan as a kid because I loved MJ. Then I, I couldn't root for them when MJ retired. I lost the passion, and I kind of just found myself rooting for the Knicks. I'm, they're local anyway. They're on TV, and they're, they're all out of history. They're playing MSG. So it's my first Knicks game at MSG pretty much as a Knicks fan in my life. It's going to be a playoff game. I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Um, and then the NFL draft's coming up, man. That's going to be cool. Uh, it's April, Thursday, April 27th. So before the draft, man, we'll have some, uh, we'll have some analysis about the draft, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's always a neat time of year. We'll break down, you know, what the teams need, what the Cowboys need, what the Eagles need, who's the best quarterback. We're going to do all that guys. So, um, thanks everyone for listening. Remember the social media links are up. Um, please subscribe, please review our show if you want. Uh, Joe, last word is yours. Don't worry about the horse being blind. Just load the wagon. Good night. Take care.